if you want to create an experience for people, the whole reason behind what you're doing is because you expect and hope people want to spend time where you're investing your dollar. So if you don't personally want to spend time there yourself, then maybe that's not the right market. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at spontaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. Hey friend, so I wanna get real with you for just a quick second here, okay? So my wife and I decided it was time to take a risk and for me to leave my day job as head of growth at a marketing agency and go all in on Spontaneous and the Behind the Stays podcast. This is both incredibly exciting and also terrifying. Um, it's exciting because it means I'll have way more time to make the show better and to spin up new products and services designed to help you grow your hospitality brands and short-term rental businesses. And it's terrifying because I'm saying goodbye to a nice paycheck and health benefits and 401k match and yada yada. Oh, and did I mention that we just had a kid and who's just two months old? Yeah, it's been a it's been an exciting time. Okay, so here's here's the ask, all right? In order to grow the show and increase the value of the content we create, we need the support of our advertising partners. Now, trust me, I know how tempting it is to just skip through podcast ads. I feel you and I'm a culprit too, okay? But it would mean the world to me if you could take just 60 seconds to write an email to the guestie team or DM them on social media and just thank them for being a behind the stage sponsor. Perhaps you have a PMS system already or perhaps your short-term rental business is just getting started and you don't need one of the dozens of incredible features and offers that their software provides. And that's all a-okay. But if you just take a quick second to thank them for being a sponsor on the show, what you're really doing is you're really saying, hey, I like the show. Thank you for helping it continue. And thank you for making Zach uh, be able to spend more time making the show even better for us. So this will also just help uh, prove to my wife that this quote unquote podcasting thing can be more than just a hobby. So if you don't mind pausing the episode that you're listening to right now and scrolling down to the show notes to find guesties social handles and their marketing team's email address and shooting them just a quick message, thanking them for advertising on the Behind the Stays podcast, I would be so grateful grateful. All right, folks, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. In just a moment, you'll meet Jen and Michael Pinchansky, the creators of Casa Nirvana, the first short-term rental in the couple's newly founded portfolio, Nirvana Properties. Michael and Jen met while working in the fashion industry in New York City. Michael founded a software company in fashion tech, and Jen was employee number one, so you could say that the couple knows a thing, or 10, about how to work together. Michael grew up going to Hunter, New York in the Catskills with his family, and always had an appreciation for the reprieve that the mountains offered from life in the city. So when Michael and Jen began dreaming about starting a boutique hospitality brand centered around building a collection of luxurious but accessible short-term rentals, the couple knew that the first home in their collection just had to be in Hunter. Tune in to hear the story of how Michael and Jen leveraged the local community to build their home in record time, the careful consideration that went into the founding of their hospitality brand, and what they have planned next. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Michael and Jen. All 
right, Jen, Michael, we are live. How are you both doing today? Good, Zach. How you doing? I'm doing excellent. I um, I'm recovering from like a crazy week, but I I'm excited to be chatting with you guys. It's a Friday when we're recording this, which means that the weekend is right around the corner, and I uh, I couldn't be more excited for like a no plans weekend. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hardly ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 To cherish it. Enjoy it. I know. I know. They don't come around often, but when they do, you just got to like hold on to it. So, so that's the plan. Yeah. That's the plan. And it's going to be like the weather's going to be pretty shitty here in DC. So, um, I think we're just going to buckle down and I don't know, watch the movies or whatever. But, um, but I, um, I'm super pumped to be speaking with both of you because you guys are doing some really cool stuff. Um, I got connected to you all through through Den um, and that wonderful team there. I had Michael on the podcast not too long ago. Den's just this really cool, exciting uh, company in this space that I feel like has like recently really taken off. Um, and so that's mm -hmm. how that's how we met. But I want to hear the story of. Of of Casa Nirvana, so like where where does the story of of Casa Nirvana begin in in your all's minds? Mm -hmm. You want me to? Uh, yes. So uh, man, this probably goes back uh, forty five years ago, actually. So it starts uh, really with me growing up uh, in New Jersey, okay, and going up to the Catskills um, every September um, with my father and his friends on a camping trip. Uh, long story short, there's a place called North South Lake, and we would always go up, all my dad's best friends from high school, their sons, and my dad was going up since they were in high school. So I just like fell in love with that area. Um, it was always my father's dream to have a house up there and uh, ultimately became my dream. Huh. And years later, uh, built our first house uh, before I even met Jen um, with my parents up in Hunter, um, which is still, we still have this house. It's a family house. It's not a uh, rental house or any kind of, uh, you know, side income, um, but it's just something we enjoy. And I always said one day, maybe when I have a family and some kids, um, I can bring them up here and enjoy it. And so fast forward to today, that's really where we're at. Jen, I would say, has kind of shared my love, minus the weather, um, <laughs> for, for, for the area itself. And we just started talking about, you know, wouldn't it be great to really expose this area to other people, friends, and you know, we always had friends wanting to come up with us and stay for weekends. Yeah, it was, you know, it's a little getaway that's so accessible from the tri-state area. Um, we're right outside of the city, and it was just a really nice reprieve, getting away, bringing our friends, and everybody's like, this place is actually really cool, and it just you know, it brings the nervous system down when you go up there, yeah. um, the crazy tri-state city life. Um, it's just such a nice escape. And so uh, everyone really enjoyed it. And we kept going back to this piece of land, um, especially Michael up there. You know, we just drive around, look around, and there's a piece of property that he was just really, really set on. We would drive past and he'd just be like, I know this is for me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you don't know Michael, um, when he gets fixed on something, he makes it happen. So <laughs> uh, it was a really, really tough go around to get this piece of land. But he got it, and then we decided to build on it. And, um, you know, for Casa Nirvana, we just really wanted to create an experience for people up where we enjoy, have a place for our family, and then also, um, you know, have some properties to leave our kids, yeah. uh, you know, as as we get older. So that's really where it became, 
began. It was just a really organic, um, intuitive uh, journey for yeah. us. Yeah. By the way, we also uh, we lost the piece of property um, at first, and someone else had bought it, and I was all bummed, and I would still drive past it all the time. And if you don't know Jen, um, Jen is big on manifestation, and you know, just if things are meant to be, they will. And uh, as she says, you just manifested this piece of property, and it came back to us. So okay, so uh, how how did how did it come back? Like, did you you like rob the guy or something, or like? Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, stock might be. Yeah, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know, I guess ultimately what had happened is someone was selling about forty acres. We were looking for just a sliver of that, a quarter acre. They subdivided all the properties. And we were looking for this little corner property. Yeah. Um, there's a neighbor up there who I guess had put in a bid higher than ours, had gotten it and then backed out. Wow. Um, so uh, our realtor and friend in the area, because we have this other house up there that's a family home, we've become locals of sorts over the last 15, 20 years up there. And so she called and she said, that piece of property, Michael's back on. What do you want to do? I said, put our bid back in from a year and a half ago, see if he takes it. Um, and the guy was a little tough hmm. and he ended up actually telling us we could buy that piece if we bought the piece next door, uh-huh. which we'll get into, um, as the next, uh, site that we'll build on. But, uh, so we ended up getting, you know, basically two pieces of property right next door to each other, um, put our bid back in shockingly, he accepted it. And, uh, that was it. So yeah. Casa Navarro was, uh, was born. It's amazing. Like anytime I hear a story like this, which I feel like happens more often than, than you might think. It's just a reminder of how important it is, even in this, you know, 2023 uh, era to still have solid relationships with people like local yeah. in the local market, because it's not like this deal is popping back up on Zillow. Right. And and even if no. it did pop back up on Zillow, you'd have to see it at the right moment at the right time. But you have established relationships in the area, in the local market, so that when it does pop back up, your 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 friend, this realtor is calling you, right? And I think that that's something like an underrated strategy. Folks don't spend enough time, even in like the markets mm-hmm. where their short term rentals are, in trying to just figure out who's who in in the neighborhood, right? Yeah, and how do you true. how do you be incredibly kind? Because you know, depending on where you are, there's people love short-term rentals or they hate short-term rentals, right? Mm -hmm. And putting in the time and the effort to really get to build solid relationships with the local community it, it, it's only going to pay off, right? It's you're never it's never going to hurt you to have solid relationships within the context of the community of where mm-hmm. you're trying to build. Yeah, absolutely. Um and that's one thing that Michael is very good at, a huge strength is befriending anybody. Um, being on a first name basis instantly. And, um, you know, that's really why our build was so successful is because we had um, that network within the locals there. Um, you know, any anybody we needed, we knew who to call. They would, sh- you know, mount- everybody works on mountain time up there. So um, <laughs> somehow we got our build done on time, um, even on mountain time. Wow. And that is really attributed to his relationships. Uh, You know, we were, you know, first or second in line whenever we needed something. And that is super, super important. Um, And that's why we feel we have a really strong hold up there in the Hunter area. We want to keep building and developing up there. Yeah. Because it was for our first build so seamless for us because of those relationships. And 
you know, the everyday person who maybe just wants a vacation up there, but doesn't have that network um, would hit a lot more roadblocks than we did. Uh, so that is definitely a huge benefit to selecting where you're going to be building yeah. Airbnb um, and, and having that support system. And if you're not living there, what I, what I like about that too, Jen is it's, it's a reminder. I feel I feel like the the temptation sometimes can be, mm-hmm. oh, well, we already have a place here. Let's go find a, another place like at the beach. We've got the mountain home. Like, let's go build an Airbnb yeah. by the beach or whatever. And, you know, that, that can be a strategy that that, is, that works for some. But to your point, hey, if it ain't broke, right, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> why fix it, right? So, yeah. and, and, you know, there's, the beach will always be there, hopefully, right? Um, and so, you know, that's that's for uh, another day, another time. But I, but I like that as a, just a good reminder and encouragement to folks that, hey, if you figured out a market, if you figured out the players in that market, if you've had a successful build mm-hmm. and there's more opportunity there, right? Yeah. Why not? Why yeah. not keep keep on keeping on, right? Um, so that's that's yeah. really really good insight. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's all about scaling. If you want to be in the scale of business, right? Like we already did the work. We found out the do's and don'ts. We have our playbook, and so scale it with less work each time. Yeah. So we have the second property next door. We already know what that playbook is, yeah. and we're going to follow it, and it's going to cut down on the work um, and just be even more successful than the first. So, yeah, yeah. I love it. There are three questions that I get asked all the time by listeners of Behind the Stays. Number one, Zach, are you trying to imitate Guy Raz from NPR's interview style? Number two, Zach, do you really spend a dozen hours each week looking for the best Airbnb deals? And number three, Zach, is Guesty for Hosts really worth checking out? Well, friends, the answer to all three of these questions is, of course, yes. While there are many property management softwares on the market, I always encourage our listeners to check out Guesty for Hosts. Guesty's channel manager centralizes reservations across Airbnb, Verbo, and Booking.com to stay on top of your listings without having to hop back and forth between channels. Guesty's automation tools enable you to connect with guests in a meaningful, creative, and instant fashion. And Guessy's new and improved website builder allows you to create your own branded booking website in just minutes, which allows you to grow your brand and increase your direct bookings. And finally, Guesty is positioned well to grow with you. As your business grows, you can grow with Guesty for Pros by unlocking new features and offerings designed for larger portfolios. So here's the deal. If you're an STR host without a PMS system or a host looking at exploring a new one, I've got a treat for you. The team at Guesty is giving Behind the Stays listeners and Spontaneous subscribers $20 off an annual or monthly plan for Guesty for hosts when they use the discount code Spontaneous when signing up for a free 14-day trial. There's no credit card required. There's no setup fee. Uh, there's no commitment. So try it out and cancel anytime if you don't love it. Guesty for hosts. They're the bestie of top-rated STR super hosts. All right, folks, back to the show. I want to I want to ask you guys because this was so cool. We had a quick little chat uh, last week or the week before, and you guys told me that you both worked in the fashion industry. And I'm I'm just mm-hmm. curious how how your work in in this in this quite you know incredibly competitive, uh, uh, very demanding industry. How has that helped you all as as new like hospitality entrepreneurs? Like, what are some lessons that the industry mm-hmm. taught you? that you've been able to sort of apply in, in this new area? Yeah. 
I'll, uh, I'll let just so outside of Jen and I meeting in the fashion industry. Um, so that's first and foremost, but then, um, you know, actually owning our own business for over 10 years in the industry. So oh, wow. um, I was on the sales side of the industry. Then I started a software company. Jen was actually employee number one. So she said earlier, we're used to working together. Um, you know, the fashion industry from not the industry itself, but just from owning our own business in it has really given us a lot of, uh, you know, framework yeah. to kind of have a little grit and go after it. And I think that's like where Casa Nirvana um, really thrived for us. We just knew what each other's strengths and weaknesses were. And we just other kind of, you do this, I'll do this. And at the end, we're going to have this great thing. But I think there was a lot of like attention to detail and so forth that really comes from Jen. Um, Cause she was really in the fashion side of the fashion industry, uh, which shows through to like where Casa Nirvana is today. Maybe you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and just to elaborate on what Michael said, we are both good at very different things. He's definitely the, and this goes from the fashion business we had to our family to Casa Nirvana is he gets these ideas and he's like, this is what's going to happen. And then I'm like, okay, this is, let me put this into action and execute. <laughs> so, um, so it's fun. Uh, it's like a really good yin and yang um, yeah. for our work relationship. Um, and then when it comes to fashion, like you said, we, you know, built a company, a software company in New York City, and that was the grind. Um, so we were used to being entrepreneurs, figuring it out, um, only depending on ourselves, you know, bootstrap software company. Wow. Um, so, so we learned a lot in that process. And then when it comes to specifically fashion for me is I've always loved creating beautiful things, um, whether that is, you know, a handbags when I was back to designing to, um, you know, merchandising, I've, I've done it all in the fashion world. And it's always just been around presentation of, of beauty. Yeah. And so I feel like with uh, Casa Nirvana, I get to express myself in design in a way that, you know, creates an experience for people. So, um, that's really, I would say, like how it, it comes through in this era. Yeah. It's through. Yeah. Of course, like the financial side too, you know, I'm always the, if I put a dollar, how do we get, you know, two to 10 out? Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> um, there, there was that factor. So if we invest in Casa Nirvana and we start this thing, um, I almost don't care what it's going to cost. I do, obviously. We obviously have a budget and we have to be constrained by it. But in a in a conceptual sense, I don't care what something's going to cost as long as I know what's going to be on the other side of it, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, so I think that was just some of that business acumen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, it is a business, right? Yeah. And yes, it's a, a short-term Airbnb rental scenario, but it is a legitimate business. Yeah. Right? So, no, I, and, and it's really important um, that you know you all you all have that ex, uh, that that perspective. And I think what's cool about what you said too, Jen, um, you know, it, it's only recent, right, where short term rentals have like become uh, like almost akin to, or many of them like boutique hotels, right? Like you walk mm-hmm. into some of these spaces and they are just like impeccably designed, right, with uh, you know every possible amenity and experience that that you could imagine. Um, but that's, but again, that that's a new phenomenon. Like that hasn't been around for ten years, right? When remember when Airbnb first started, right? You were sleeping on somebody's couch, right, or somebody's like ma- spare mattress on the floor in the closet, like you know. And and think about how dramatically that has that has shifted. And so 
what I think is really cool is people like you all who you come from a totally different industry, right? But you understand customer experience, you understand presentation, as you were saying. In in many ways, I feel like more folks like you all should should get into to this space, and I do think it's it is kind of happening right slowly, but but surely, because you understand aspects of the business that maybe your average real estate investor doesn't understand, right? And so you guys getting to kind of like marry those strengths is is just going to set up Casa Nirvana for 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 wonderful success. Which which sort of like leads me to my next question, which is I know that you guys are committed to thinking beyond just a, a you know, a property or, or, or a couple of properties, but really wanting to think about Casa Nirvana and, and building sort of like a boutique hospitality brand here. And I'm curious how you all are thinking through that. I think a lot of the people that listen to this show desire to do something similar. Um, but I'm curious, given your your background and experience, both as entrepreneurs, right, and as folks in a, a highly stimulating visual industry, how are you thinking about bringing that brand to life? Yeah, Jen will, Jen will give you the background, like the actual branding itself and so forth. That's our expertise. But I just want to, you, you hit on something a second ago where you're talking about Airbnb and people used to be sleeping on each other's couches, you know, and so forth. And that's what it was. And then earlier you talked about the opposition, you know, either people love, and I don't want to say Airbnb, we should say short-term rental, I guess, because there's other, um, you know, uh, venues for this. But, um, you know, there's a love or a hate. And even in our local market up in Hunter right now, there's big opposition to short-term rental. Yeah. And there's also a lot of uh, positive that's coming from it, you know, from being in the area and seeing how desolate it was and what it's being doing. But more and more people, hopefully like us, and you just talked about the boutique aspect of it, Zach, you know, as that starts to emerge in these, let's call them short-term rentals become more experiential yeah. and become more higher end, I think you'll start to have less opposition because what people were fighting were these big, you know, party houses and these, right? That was the, that's yeah. the notion of what this is, yeah. right? So for us, we're trying to create the complete opposite. We're obviously not going to change the perception on our own, but this boutique experience, the more and more and more of these um, you know, no longer staying in a hotel room, but staying in a home with a high-end hotel hospitality boutique feeling is what's going to change the perception, you know, behind this business. And I think that's such a massive opportunity going forward. But, you know, for Jen, it's the experiential part. Um, she nailed it hmm. when it comes to you walk in the door of Casa Nirvana. Um, I'll let you say it, but I'm just going to joke real quick. You know, one of our friends stayed there, rented the place and no, I said, you know, how, how is it? You know, Ron, how was the, the weekend? And he goes, honestly, this is like staying at the St. Regis. Like, the <laughs> yeah. are old, you know, it was, uh, so you know, yeah. that, that's all Jen's creation. So, yeah, you know, the, like the brand itself, obviously we're small now, we're on property number one, but we have our five-year plan um, where we plan to hopefully get maybe one per year. Um, so, you know, we'd like to build our portfolio rather quickly. Um, but I think each is, you know, just really attending to the detail of what you're trying to accomplish in that space. Um, for this first property is kind of, you know, mountain luxury. Yeah. Uh, Hunter is very old school. The, the existing um, properties there were very kind of like old school cabins, um, you know, really super rustic feel, which is great, but not everybody wants that. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's not really my design vibe. So expressing like what I would want in an Airbnb is really how this first project came through. Um, I'm definitely a hotel snob. 
Um, so I, I expect, you know, a luxury experience and pretty design simplicity. So it was really about marrying like what I would want to see, um, if I go stay at one of our properties. Yeah. Um, and I think that'll carry through until, um, our next few hunter properties. Um, and then we'll see how that changes a little bit. We are totally those people who are going to hit the beach at some point for <laughs> one of our Airbnbs guilty. Um, so we'll see what it looks like then. Um, I'm really excited to see how the design changes in different locations. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, you know, building this brand, it just feels we're doing everything to feel very authentic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that that's where it feels like natural, authentic, and hopefully comes across that way to our guests. Um, the only thing I would say to that from a business perspective, mm -hmm. is also affordable luxury. Yeah. Right? Like that's what constantly pops in my head because you know, it's funny, Jen says, I'm a hotel snob, but yeah. you know, we are, like, you know, I wouldn't, don't want to give the wrong impression, right? Like when we travel, we like to travel nicely, but we do everything on a budget. Yeah. yeah. And we use hotel points and we use this and Jen's mm -hmm. amazing trying to find the best opportunity at the best price for, mm -hmm. Right. And so that's trying, we're trying to do that with our Airbnbs too. Like we're not trying to cater to the 1%. Right? Yeah. We're trying to do people who are like us, who have a budget, who want to go away, have a great time. They want to stay in a nice place, but have it feel affordable and accessible. And I think that's the biggest key for us as part of this brand. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love right. that. Um, and, and it's super cool that you guys have like put in the time and done the work to sort of come up with those unique value propositions, right? And understand your your point of differentiation. I do have a question, because one of the questions people ask me a lot is, hey, as you're talking to people, or as you know, folks in the industry who want to build these portfolios under this this kind of uh, boutique hospitality brand, how are they thinking about like, brand differentiation by by property versus like is it just the parent brand so i'm curious and again i know that we're, we're you guys are, are one in right now but as you sort of expand how are you thinking of sort of the individual brand expression of each location and how it relates to casa nirvana the the parent brand yeah um, so Nirvana Properties is our LLC, um, and I've, you know, kind of mulled over this a while. Um, so what I see is even Casa Nirvana is the name itself is really special to us. Um, it's actually our ch two children's names married together, oh, wow. um, Nava and Evan. Um, so it's N and for Nava and then Evan in the middle and then it ends with A for Nava. So um just very a cool. fun little a name and then Casa Nirvana. So the house of Nava and Evan. So glad you like it, Zach. <laughs> this is still up for debate. I feel I came up with it and he thinks he came up with it's it. Very, <laughs> it's very it's very original. Like it's <laughs> it, it's it's cool because it sound it sounds elevated. And it sounds like some like, you know, something that you guys just like made up to be fancy. But the fact right. that like it it actually has like meaning in your family is just is just beautiful. That's what that's and, awesome. Yeah. And it really is the whole reason why we started this. Right. You know, houses for Nava and Evan, um, you know, to uh, to leave something to them. But uh, so Casa Nirvana is a really special name. And I'm just like, well, when we have multiple properties, they can't all be Casa Nirvana. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to figure, figure that out. I think, um, it'll be the brand Casa Nirvana as customers know us. Uh, and then it'll be like the Nirvana, um, you know, Hunter house, um, uh, maybe like the Hunter 
since we have two properties next to each other, um, you know, Hunter Moon is the October moon. Mm. Um, And so I was thinking about the Hunter Moon house and then the Hunter Sun house would be our next one, which I see like very airy light. Maybe he wants an A-frame, tons of windows looking out on the Hunter Mountain and it'd be like the Hunter Moon and the Hunter Sun house. So I'm just trying to see like what our next steps are and how that develops. So to, to be determined. Yeah. And I'm starting to figure out how we pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a great team. It's a great team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, need bo- you need both. Um, hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. I do I do want to ask... Uh, a question around how you guys are thinking of um, like like wh- wh- what resources are you tapping into to to figure out how to do all of this right? It's again, it's one thing if you just want a vacation rental home that's mostly going to be you know for your family, and then you're just trying to offset like the mortgage by Airbnb it out when you're not there, right? right? And that's that's a, you know a strategy that lots of folks uh, implement and 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 have great success uh, doing, right? But then I do feel like there is this, there is this new, I'll just call it class, right, of, of entrepreneurs who are, who are emerging in this space, not too unlike you all who desire to build something like, you know, truly unique and, and, and a, real, a real hospitality brand as opposed to just one or two vacation rental uh, cabins, right? And I'm curious, how are you guys like figuring out, right, what, how to do this and like where to go? Like, are there... Are there blogs you're reading? Are there podcasts you're listening to? Are you watching YouTube videos? Like, or are you really just kind of pulling from your past experience as entrepreneurs? Like, where where are you going to figure out how to build a hospitality brand? So, you know, I'll talk about it just from the financial side um, to start, and then Jen could talk about it from the branding side. But um, I think really just tapping into we're still early stage, by the way. Right? Yeah, so of course, to- yeah clear about this, you know, we finished the house in October. Um, our first rental income really started in November. The true period was Thanksgiving to today, right? So we just got through our first season. Um, so from a financial perspective, you know, we went out and again, this is where it goes back to um, having relationships in the local market, right? If you go to a big bank, for instance, and you ask them for a loan, especially for, let's say, a rental property, you may not get it, yeah. right? And a lot of these banks, um, have to understand the area where they're loaning, right? So when you talk about us, we're building a remote part of the Catskills. Um, if you went to Bank of America or Chase or you know, or your typical mortgages group, yeah. they don't understand the real estate play in those markets. They tend to stay away from them. 
there's an incredible power in local banks. Hmm. Um, granted, we just went through some banking issues a couple of weeks ago. So that aside, um, <laughs> you know, maybe don't go to like SVU, but you know, uh, or SVB, yeah, but SVB, um, yeah. you know, yeah, but uh, you know, the local banks are really powerful and they understand the market and they want to lend money. Right. And they especially want to lend money locally. So we went to a very local bank that we had a small relationship with. Um, and it was really easy, right? They were like, look, yes, we loan. Um, we just want to make sure what you're building um, will value out relative to you know, what we'll get. So we've got a construction loan. Um, so that was an easy process. Now, truthfully, I'm trying to figure out how we leverage that to build property number two, yep. right? Because now we start to get into like a commercial scenario where we own just more than a second home. We're going to own home number three, four, five. Yep gets into commercial lending and so forth. So that's what we're working through now. And there is no textbook that I've been reading. We're just kind of going through it, tapping into network and so forth. Um, and truly using business grit and acumen, like I said earlier, to figure it out. Yeah. Um, you know, I love that's that. Financial. That, that, yeah. Right before you, uh, you chime in Jen here, that's, that's, that's an awesome tip, Michael. And I think you know, if you're listening to this too, and you're you're building in a place that you don't live in, where you don't like know the local market, that's a wonderful strategy to at least attempt to employ in in your context. Yeah. I, I I don't know that I would have you know just thought about that, um, right. you know, uh, uh, when getting started here. So that that's wonderful. I I love that. Uh, what what else would you add to that, Jen? Um. Yeah, I think that, you know, you should have some familiarity with where you're building, right? Um, you can run into a trap if you're just like, oh, the new hotspot and, you know, you're investing blindly because you're caught up in, you know, some sort of TikTok, you know, video yeah. that you saw or whatever. <laughs> um, so it's about educational um, selection for sure. Um, you know, Michael, he'll put me in check because I'll be like, oh, we should do this. We should, you know, look here. And he's just like, no, we got to be like very uh, regimented about it. So, um, you know, he kind of reins me in. He's more of the, um, you know, grounder there. But um, yeah, I think, you know, just really at least even if you're, you don't have special, special ties to that market, you should absolutely take a month off in the summer, work remote and spend time there, huh. um, yeah. you know, belly up at the bar with the locals, talk to people, um, you know, that's really, really will be worth its weight in gold to know your market as well as you can before you get too invested. Um, I want to, as I said, um, have whether it's our, you know, third, fourth, whatever property down um, in the South Carolina Hilton Head area, um, super special to me growing up. And so we've been spending a little bit more time there each summer and talking to people, looking around. So I just think that, you know, again, feeling like a little bit more educated um, in your market and knowing the vibe there too helps a lot. Yeah. I was, uh, that's so funny that you said that I was talking to somebody a couple weeks ago who they did something similar They're They're trying to build, um, in, in the kind of like the Milwaukee, uh, really sort of like the Lake Michigan area, but like they're targeting mm -hmm. kind of like the, the Milwaukee, uh, market. And, um, in speaking with them, they, they did something really similar where they decided, Hey, I'm just going to spend literally like a month in, in the market mm -hmm. where I'm looking, I, you know, they literally went to like the local dive bar, right? The community dive yeah. bar. They, they got to know the bartender. They, they would at, even ask questions like, so what do you think about like, you know, Airbnbs and like understand like what is, what is like the public 
you know, perception, right? Once, yeah. you know, once you're, you know, a couple beers in and you've gone it, you've gone there a couple times or whatever, mm -hmm. then it's like, hey, like, you know, what if, if, if done right, right, you could, you could, you know, attract a lot of additional uh, patrons to your bar, right, who are coming here for the summer, like, in what in like, talk to me about an ideal situation that would make sense for you, right. And what they were what they were remarking was like, it, it felt like over the over the course of like a week of like going to this bar, right, they went from somebody saying, I hate Airbnb. It's the worst thing since sliced bread, right? Yes. Um, to 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 somebody saying like, actually, wow, like this makes a lot of sense. Like, let me know how I can help out, right? And, right. and that literally happened over a week, right? So I love yeah. that as a, as a strategy, especially for those who can work remotely. Why not go take take a summer, you know, take a fall, whatever it is, find a month that works for you go out and just really spend the time investing in the community beyond just like looking at like the numbers, right? Of like, cause I think that the trap is you, you look at AirDNA or you just, you, you, you do the math, right? You're like, oh, this market makes sense for us for what we're trying to do. And then you stop there. You stop at like yeah. the numbers making sense, right? No, you can't, you yeah. can't. Numbers, numbers, I mean, and anybody who's in business, like numbers on a piece of paper or on a, you know, website or whatever, or only statistics, like you have got to fill out the local market. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. And if you want to create an experience for people, the whole reason behind what you're doing is because you expect and hope people want to spend time where you're investing your dollar. So if you don't personally want to spend time there yourself, then maybe that's not the right market, right? Um, and that, that's also really helped too, because then you get to know the people, you get to know the places, you know, one huge value prop we bring to our guest experiences is literally planning their experience, right? Yeah. A lot of these people have not been up to Hunter or the Catskills. They're really looking to, um, you know, obviously make it memorable. They're spending their time and money and, um, energy. And I love to every booking. I'm like, okay, what's your vibe? Who are you coming with? What are you looking to do? Okay, this is what I think you should do Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. And most guests follow my suggested itineraries to a T and they're just like, wow, that was the best weekend. It was everything we wanted it to be. I would have never have known those things. Um, so that's where, again, being very involved in your market, knowing like, you know, the hot spots, what's happening is so important. Like say, for example, even our New Year's guests, um, there are these sweet eight girls from the city who came up, never had been, and they're like, oh, you know, New Year's, lots of pressure to have fun and a great weekend. We got them last minute tickets to get into the like one fun party up there that was happening that night that they wanted to get into. They couldn't. And we're like, we'll make a call. We got them in, oh, you know, so, and that just like was made their weekend. Um, so I think that that's really important, again, to know your market and it's enjoyable for you. And then you can organically share that with your guests. Yeah. I, that, that is a, that is a fantastic story. And like, I do yeah. think, right. If you, if you're serious about wanting to be a hospitality entrepreneur and you're not just looking at like building a portfolio of short-term rental investments, right. Is, is thinking creatively about like, you know, the, these agendas and this itinerary in the same way that you'd go down to a, you know, the hotel concierge at like a nice place and, and expect, right. Them to ask good questions and then offer recommendations that are conducive to what you want. The, the same mm -hmm. thing is true for, um, for, for hosts. Right. And I think there's even, there's even more pressure. Um, if you're, you're trying to build a particularly like memorable experience. Um, so I love that. That's a great example. Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. 
Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest, and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form, and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. Uh, my, my, my final uh, question for you guys is um, wh where do you see, like when you guys are, you know, sitting up late at night, you've, you know, after a long day of work and you're just, you're brainstorming right about like the future of casa nirvana like where where are um where's the opportunity or like where do you see like gaps in the market you guys are entrepreneurs right by trade so like where when you when you like evaluate the landscape right where where do you see sort of um opportunity that you think either you could fill right or or somebody else who's maybe listening to this conversation today might be able to fill so so I'm just going to kind of go back to the affordable luxury, um, truthfully. Um, and look, we are, Jen and I have, like you said, Nava and Evan, they're six and two, right? So we're still at a point where it's hard to travel, hard to get on an airplane. And by the way, you know, things are just getting more and more expensive, right? And Jen called me the other day. She took my daughter for ice cream, our daughter, and was like, you know, a cup of ice cream is $8, right? And so, you know, it's, things are becoming unaccessible for many. Yeah. And at the end, I, I truly believe if this trend continues, hopefully it doesn't, but you know, it's expensive to take two children on a flight. We've now got to buy a plane ticket yep. for our son who's two years old. Right. So these really throw our vacations out of whack from a cost perspective. Yeah. So this notion to be able to get in a car and drive two, three, four, five hours accessibly, right. To get to a beautiful place and not stay in a hotel where the four of us are confined to one room with two beds. And if we want to go get food, we've got to spend all this money to go get it, right? We can actually stay in a home, maybe even invite our friends, bring the cost down, right? And yep. then have this great experience, super high-end, um, affordable, go out to dinner. Maybe we're staying a few nights, right? We go out to dinner one or two nights. We cook breakfast every day yep. in the place. Like It really balances it out. So I truly believe that um, from a a cost financial benefit perspective over the course of time, um, what Airbnb, you know, Airbnb being the mandate of this industry, but um, it's, uh, I think it just provides a different approach to vacationing. Um, and we like to go on vacations, right? So, yeah. yeah, I, you know, I like to vacation smart. As you said, if I can get two vacations for the cost of what I'd spend on one, like I'll do the two, right? It's about experiences. So um, I think that, you know, again, just creating a really luxury experience um, that's attainable. So great. And then um, in terms of, so that's kind of our client opportunity in hospitality right now. And I think for our opportunity within the hospitality industry um, is really that Catskill market. Um, yeah. You know, we do have a handful of friends already who have seen what we've done and they're like, I either 
don't have the interest, don't have the time and definitely like don't have the, you know, wherewithal or knowledge to do what you guys did, but I want what you have. Yeah. Um, so I think for us, our next phase is really, um, starting to, after our second one, do this for other people. Yeah. Like we love it. Yeah. He loves the build. I love the design and like, you know, here's a turnkey property. Um, and I think that that's a big opportunity for us, um, as you know, we kind of step into the development world too. So yeah. Well, Well, I've got a corporate job, but if I could like stand in the mud, you know, for a year and just build houses, I would love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, well, well, guys, this has been wonderful. I'm super pumped by what you're building. Uh, we'll have links to your Instagram uh, in the show notes below. So if you are listening to this and you want to reach out to Jen and Michael and learn a little bit more about what they're doing, um, just go ahead and shoot them a, a follow and a DM on Instagram. But thank you both so much for your time. It's been a it's been a real pleasure. Yeah, exactly. Likewise, love what you're doing. And honestly, you've been a great help to us, too, as we've listened to your podcasts. Um, we've gotten some inspiration for you know different systems and softwares that we should use. And so uh, you're as helpful to us as we've been uh, on this. So thank you. Oh, you guys are too kind. You guys are too kind. All right. Well, uh, it's been a pleasure and we'll chat more soon, guys. All right. Yeah, thanks, Zach. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe, um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.